episode 4.5 of Talking the Walk, Real People Seeking a Real God. We're going to dedicate this entire podcast to an interview that we recently had over here at the Champaign Church of Christ with one of our members, Tasha Chambers. She sat down with myself, the evangelist of the church, Tracy Lahr, and his wife, Phyllis Lahr, to talk about her current circumstances. Uh, Many people around her know the story, and we think it is a story in which really hits home what we've been talking about in our recent podcast series, pain and suffering, the existence of that in the world, around the world, in our souls, in the people that we love, them going through pain. How can all that exist and you still have the loving, benevolent God? How can we reconcile those two things? And from Tasha's own perspective, part of the reason why we dig that title, or the the tagline at least, Real People Seeking a Real God, is here is someone who is working a full-time job at the University of Illinois, and in July of 2014, her, along with her husband and her three sons, found out that she had breast cancer. Now, fortunately, as fortunate as these circumstances can be, they caught the cancer early enough that a double mastectomy um, was all that was needed, and they had that surgery very quickly, and and then life, so to speak, continued on. Only after a year of that, Tasha is getting some great news. She's finding out that she's actually accepted into a professional MBA program where she can work and go to school at the same time and come out in two years with her master's in business administration. And her and her husband are ecstatic. They are loving this news. They are thanking God for it. The one interesting detail to this is they are finding out this information in the doctor's office for a checkup and a closer look and examination at something that they found in her lymph nodes. It turns out moments after finding out she is accepted into this program, she has cancer yet again in her lymph nodes. This time, a bit more serious of circumstances in which she'll have to go under uh, surgery, which she did right away. And at the time of this interview is bracing herself for uh, chemotherapy treatment. And we sat down with her to ask her questions about her faith, her walk. What is her walk like under this new news and having cancer yet again? And it fits into the series that we've been talking about here because it just sort of happens sometimes. And we, we can't really make sense of it all the time, but... Tasha, in in her, what I've learned to be infinite wisdom, has actually found a lot of meaning behind this event in her life. And uh, we're going to pick up in the conversation where we are talking about what is the most scary aspect of all this going on in her life, finding out that she has cancer, and how does it affect what she sees to be the future of her children and their walks with the God that she knows and loves and respects, honors, and walks with. Let's pick up in the middle of our conversation with Tasha. Well, um, I know, I've seen where it has destroyed people's faith. Um, they blame God for some loved one, some tragedy, mm-hmm. uh, things mm-hmm. happening in their lives, uh, where normally... God is using those things, I believe. He allows those things to happen to only draw us closer to him, to make us stronger. 
um, to use us in a greater way. But for my children who are still little ones to me, who are just now developing their faith, if I was to leave this planet today and they blamed God, I don't know. I have to trust that God can handle that and he will. But I've seen what it's done to adults. Mm -hmm. They won't mm -hmm. step in a church. They won't communicate with God. They won't pray. Um, they won't allow God to move in their hearts. And for me to imagine my children not being with heaven, in heaven with me for in, for all of eternity just breaks my heart. It's horrifying. Yeah. Well, not, yeah. Not for, for the sake of like the people listening in, tell that you got three three kids. What are their ages? Three boys. Um, Ten. This is the youngest. One will be 13 soon and 15. Okay. Ten. Now, how did they respond when you first told them about this? What? How did, tell us about that. Initially, we told the oldest one separately by himself um, just to see what his response would be. He tends to be the more emotional one, but we wanted to make sure that mm -hmm. uh, because the other two look up to him. So we wanted to make sure his response was okay. He had a chance to process everything and then we would need his support as we told the other two. And uh, we actually told him, have the youngest sit on your lap, embrace him before we say this. And tr sure enough, mm -hmm. it, it helped. It broke the ice. It okay. was, yeah, they went into panic mode. Now, I mean, I would imagine, you know, your oldest, um, Dylan, that, that I mean, he's he's got his own faith. He's old enough to really have that. So did you notice him wrestling with things when, when you shared him with him that? Initially, he hasn't said a whole lot since then, but occasionally, even uh, yesterday, I believe he said, so mom, when does your chemo start? I say next Friday. Well, I don't like it. So he's, I, don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Like you're not fired up about it yourself. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Um, but I think just wanting to endure this hardship or this struggle or this go through this journey is really for them. Mm -hmm. It's for what God wants me to do. Because I said before, if God wants to take me now or I'm good either way, but I want to be around for my children mm -hmm. so I can help them walk in their faith. You know, Dylan's response to, I don't like it, is a way of saying, I don't like seeing my mom struggle, and I don't like struggling, because he does struggle with mm -hmm. it, whether he he's learning right. to communicate it. But to me, that's what I hear. He's trying mm -hmm. to be a tough guy. He's right he at that is. age. He is. But he's also, he's he's watching you, and he's watching Reuben, and he's watching your faith, yeah. and so are the other two. And I, I've seen, even in the last week, I had to share with him that parents are human too, mm -hmm. because he's a teenager, <laughs> so true, he yeah. had a moment, <laughs> and <laughs> and this moment was lasting more than a day, and I didn't uh -huh. like it myself, but I had to explain to him, I said, honey, this is what we're going through as we're trying to help you guys um, just have the best lives that you can have, but we didn't, he didn't quite understand all the emotions and feelings and day-to-day -day things that we go through and that I'm enduring right now, but I'm just pushing through so that their lives are not interrupted. Right. Now, I mean, you have this incredible heart and, and, and seem to be a great, incredible faith as you approach this thing. And I heard you share on the, on the video testimony about, you know, you never have asked why me, etc. Um, and I think that's awesome. But have you always been this way? Because that's pretty magnanimous, actually. And it's fairly unusual, even for people who, I guess, people who, who, who speak, are people of faith to have this type of attitude faced with, with this serious of a, of, of a situation. Have, 
Is this just the way you were raised, or did this come along later? How, how did you get to this place? I'm not sure. I don't know if I've always been that way, but I've always been determined to do more, be better. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have a negative thought, that whole chemical imbalance thing that goes on, I can't deal with that. Even if I'm in a room with people arguing or the kids have a stinky attitude, I'm like, I'm done with this. I can't internalize it, um, which doesn't help a whole lot when you're needing to help counsel someone <laughs> who needs to be more positive uh-huh. and more faithful. But uh, I take it on it as a challenge, but as, okay, this is a journey. God and I, we're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself, in him all things, in him all things are possible. And um, there are times where I don't feel the strongest, you know, even emotionally. And I just start running scriptures through my mind and stop thinking how big I've made this issue to be, but how big my God is. And it just keeps me going. Okay. I think, I mean, you're obviously a very spiritual woman. And like you talked about the scriptures and stuff. Has that always been a part of your life? Have you always been a... A woman of faith, or did that? Well, my mom raised me in a church, so I always knew that there was a God. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until even my campus years that I actually sat down and studied the scriptures and understood understood the type of God that wanted a relationship with me. Okay. Um, I was like, oh, that's in the Bible? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> right. A just but, course. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I, I remember distinctly opening the Bible. And I I remember this day because I wrote it down in the Bible that uh, the church had given me. It was October 7th. And at that time I was working seven days a week, three jobs, trying to finish my senior year in college. And I was baptized by Halloween night. And I just consumed the word. It was Mm -hmm. like, okay, now I know I better do something with it. Mm. So you were hungry and thirsty. Once you got it, it was... Yeah, you had a taste. It was no turning back. Yeah, yeah. Now, what what do you imagine it would be like, Tasha, if you were going through this now without that level of faith? With You know, maybe you had that, well, I know there's a God somewhere mm-hmm. kind of faith you said you started with. But uh, what, what do you imagine it would be like for you now? It's hard to imagine that um, mm-hmm. because for so long, I don't, I mean, I've been a Christian now for t- almost 22 years. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to think a different way. Um, I probably will just try to tie a knot at the end of the rope and hang on. <laughs> um, I just had a call yesterday where my insurance company had called because they have uh, support groups and mm-hmm. assistance programs, and they just want to make sure you're doing fine. You had surgery. How are you processing this? And I'm I'm great. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that there are services out there that could help people, but that's only short-lived. Um, you can get by with strong will or determination, but without a real God, it's almost impossible. Now, do you have other support systems? I mean, your, your church and, Absolutely. and like that. Talk about that. What's How's that helping you? Well, let's just say this. The insurance company, I've turned them down twice. <laughs> the times that they called. Okay. It was like, your are support you sure? groups, not the, the money. Yeah, so oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> I need okay. the money. Right. <laughs> you want them to pay. All right. <laughs> want them to pay. But um, they, they'll ask, you know, do you need any help? I'm like, no, I'm great. Yeah, you're not on any of their lists, so right. they're kind of like concerned right. about you. They're wondering, uh-huh. are you okay? And, right. And so you're like, I already have that, actually. <laughs> Some people just give up, and they would rather just lay down and die. Um, but I have daily women in my life 
that are constantly encouraging me through scripture and um, coffee and visits mm-hmm. and just loving up on me and my family. We've had um, an enormous amount of support, just even from our, my work family, my immediate family, my husband's co-workers and business partners. Um, but the biggest support has been through the church. I mean, literally, there are hundreds of people praying for me. And um, it has been overwhelming. For weeks at a time, my family was fed when I couldn't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, people have been surrogate taxi mom <laughs> for yeah. days with the boys' busy schedules and right, activities. Right. Sports and um, stuff like that. Right? But I really think it has helped. Not only did it help my heart because cancer doesn't just affect the so-called victim. Mm-hmm. It affects everybody. And I think it can either challenge or strengthen everyone's faith that that's around that mm-hmm. person. And um, my boys were truly grateful. I mean, meeting people they had never even seen in the fellowship at mm-hmm. church, just grateful for the many visits and the cards and the flowers and the meals that mom normally would not cook. Uh-huh. But it was shortly after that. What, that, what does that mean? Exactly? Um uh, certain dishes that I just I'm not good at cooking. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Either not good, or you said you live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Were there any yeah. that were? Yeah, yeah. Ah. Chicken. right, Come on. exactly, and some macaroni and cheese. <laughs> exactly. See, I've never fried anything in my house, so yeah. they don't know what that they is. Don't, yeah, they have no idea. <laughs> Somebody has opened their eyes. <laughs> I know. They, they were they were actually saved. And <laughs> there's fried fish. What is exactly? Yeah. But my oldest was baptized shortly after that. And I believe um, them walking through that experience and seeing what a real church family God's uh-huh. love, I think it played a big part in his decision to, to do that. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to get um, at least Reuben and Dylan in here to kind of even talk to them. Because like he says, it's not just you, uh, you know, going through this. It's the whole family. And, right. And, it, and it, it's, a, it's a stress, in, uh, you know, on everybody, you know, and it's a different kind of stress. I would imagine it's like seeing the person you love the most, you know, your wife or your mom, and you're helpless. Right. You know, you can't do anything and how they're wrestling. So maybe we'll get that in the future there. You know, we can we can do that mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. What are some other questions that people have? Well, I had one, which was... Um, uh, what would you say, Tasha, to to someone who's you know you, you're talking to your visit and they said, "Yeah, I just got diagnosed with cancer and I don't know what to do. I mean, my life has been been turned upside down." What would you tell them? Um, I just heard this new song out, and there's one line that resonated with me just this past week: "Is your life is not falling apart; it's falling into place." Mm-hmm. And it just I. Is that the song? You're, don't worry. Your life's not falling apart. <laughs> Someone's texting that's you the, with no, prayers. No, that's the alarm and... for Landon to get in the shower. Ah, hopefully he's doing that. Wow, she does have original. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Have you been in your house? <laughs> Man, those boys. Yikes. Okay. All right, all right. There's a song. There's a song. There's a song. Uh, your life is falling into place. Right. right. So um, I would really try to encourage them to get into the Bible. To study Mm -hmm. because our view of things is so limited uh, where I wouldn't tell them this, but I mean, we're so naive to what is really going on in the big picture. Okay. But the, the word of God gives us hope and a lot of people, they will die and wither away 
because they don't have that. And I think we see it in our workplaces, we see it in our families, um, but I would really encourage them to get into the scriptures and see what God says about their life because God doesn't make junk and he doesn't make mistakes. <laughs> All right. And I honestly think that if people start to understand that um, and change their perspective and put their trust in something totally different and more powerful, uh, trustworthy, um, as I was saying earlier, that there's no fear in love and people walk around petrified mm. in fear of the unknown. But with God, you don't have to know everything. Okay. So. Mm. Okay. You have you are learning about suffering. Mm-hmm. You are, and so is your family. But I know you you have like we've talked about. You have an incredible deep faith. So, what are some scriptures that you go to that you you know? What are some that are just right on the tip of your tongue that really help you? Because there are other people that they may not have cancer, mm-hmm. but you know they're suffering with other things. Yes. Um, one that has stuck out, um, recently when I wake up in the middle of the night and I have all these thoughts running through my mind is Philippians four, when it says, do not be anxious about anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as I am anxious, waking up thinking about, okay, what about this? What about this? What if I can't, what if, what if, then I just start praying through those things and believing in God who's bigger than I am and knows what he's doing. So, um, even just flipping through the scriptures and and calling out or reading those things back to God. Well, God, you promised this. God, mm-hmm. you said this. And I have to trust him. Um, another one I was thinking of is Proverbs nineteen twenty one. Many other plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Yeah. And he is Lord. Mm-hmm. So his purpose must be greater than mine. He loves me. He's not right. going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. So I keep my eyes on those things and not on my agenda or what I think shoulda, coulda, woulda happened. Um, and another one I think has been my favorite recently is John 12, 27 through 28. It says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Our Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. So I know that he's using me um, even if it's one person, he's using me to help someone. And as I said earlier, it's not only if it's, it's horrifying to think that my kids will blame God for my illness, mm-hmm. but it's even worse when I think about, okay, am I squandering the little time God has given me? Mm-hmm. Because we think, oh, I, you know, I have longevity in my family. My grandmother just turned 99. There you go. You know, you're thinking, I have mm-hmm. time. I have mm-hmm. time. Yeah. No, you don't. So when you, now that you've, had been diagnosed with cancer you got each day is different each Each day day is precious Mm -hmm. each moment with your family you're looking and probably keeping it Mm -hmm. in your heart a little longer oh yeah making the most of every opportunity right those people you normally would not think of to call or you pass by at work and not mention god or talk to them about what's important in life right right Mm -hmm. yeah that's another thing that i'm noticing it's uh, i see a lot of your your you're keeping it for yourself as treasures, but then you're turning around and you're giving those treasures away to other people. And, and, mm-hmm. and you're, you're starting the conversation coming from a person who in my family, when there's illness or disease, right. it, it, we don't talk about it or we're very selective yeah. in how 
it's disseminated to the rest of the mm. family and not knowing about my aunt's mm. cancer for a long time. And then it just sort of, so it's very difficult um, with the way I've been oriented to talk about these things, but you're so articulate about it. And I just wonder, you know, how do you start up conversations with people mm. or how do you push through that kind of awkwardness? How, how do you help somebody have that conversation? Because now you're on the other side of knowing what they might need and what they might need to talk yeah. about. Um, just come out with it <laughs> okay. and try not right. to be afraid of their sure. response. Um, because at work, for example, or in, um, even in my own household, you hear the little bickering and you're like, this uh-huh. does not matter. You know, it's not even important. So what seemed important before, you know, what I want to do, my agenda, my plan, we're going to roll with that or we're not rolling at all, that type of thing. It's like, no, put it in perspective. It's not, it does not matter. Um, I see now just even, even so with marriages, you know, we counsel young couples and I try to help them early. And if they can learn what I've learned in 20 years and two years, they're going to be, uh-huh. they're yeah, going to do they're just gonna be great. Yeah. And I know we all have our sinful natures and we, we go down the wrong path, but if I can help someone gain the right perspective of what really matters, I'm just going to open my mouth and say it. Mm. Well, you know, well, Tasha's, Tasha's never had a problem with talking. <laughs> That's true. But, God, but well, God has blessed her with the gift of being articulate right. and expressing herself. She is just passionate about her <laughs> faith and wants others to know. Right. I mean, it's, it's, yes. it's, you can have it's, that gift and you have something to say. To <laughs> yeah. Which is something worthwhile to say. But I want to go back to the passage you looked at a moment ago when you, you mentioned the one in John. where John 17. Yeah, where Jesus yeah. said, you know... Uh, glorify you and I, and I, I'd heard you mention that in the video testimony about, you know, you wanted God to glorify himself in this. How does that happen? How does in your mind, cause I've, I've heard people say, I don't, I never asked God to glorify himself by giving me tragedy, right? You know, and right. then they would, they would, they would reject the tragedy. Mm. It's like, you know, who, who, I didn't sign up for this, but you seem to have a different perspective. What, what does that mean to you? Hmm. I think initially I felt the same way. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, glorify yourself without somebody dying. Okay, glorify yourself without my house falling apart. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I see that there's good in it. Even when I over the years when we've had my husband and I have gone through hardship and tough times, I was always grateful afterwards. And it's hard to uh, envision the discipline being good, but just as we see our children, you know, we don't always discipline our children if they break something don't fix their bed or get a bad grade Mm -hmm. but when we see something in their character we're like no we try to dig in and help them because we know it'll help them long long term okay and i see that as my father in heaven that he's doing the same thing with me so it gives it it somewhat unburdens my heart a little bit like okay i can trust it i don't like this but okay we can do this together i'm not alone okay um, There's a lot of trust there. Mm-hmm. Has to be. Mm-hmm. Has what, to be. What was it that you? It was it boot camp, like when and when our D groups met together, our dis, discipleship groups. Was it the spiritual boot camp? What was it that you? The term you used. Do you remember? Because hmm. you talked about well, going through there. There were some a few years that. Um, oh, were a, a little challenging. Yes, I remember we moved down here in Champaign in January 2002 from Chicago because we were asked to come help with the church. Right. And 
I remember shortly after that, maybe it was that summer afterwards, I was speaking with someone in the fellowship and I remember saying to them that I had, I felt like I had not grown spiritually in a long time. And there we went. I think it was like 10 years of boot camp (laughs) (laughs) right after that. Maybe a two year break and then here we are again. Wow. Um, But when I look back on that time, you're very grateful. This is when you're up in your scriptures, three, four in the morning, walking the streets, just praying, giving your heart to God. And that's when you see him. Otherwise, you, you, you're filling yourself up with the world, with work and with TV and kids and activities and running here and there where God has, doesn't have a chance. He has nothing to work with. Right. So I think this go around with... Um, and God has always known that my health or my body, my physical being, that's the way to get me uh-huh. because I, that's the one way I think I have control. I can control what I eat. I can control if I exercise. I don't ever like being tired, so I would drink coffee to get through a day. It's that whole physical thing that I feel like I control. I can control, and yet he says, no, not even that. Mm-hmm. It's all mine. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the lesson is... is <clears throat> What I'm hearing is never tell God you feel like you aren't growing spiritually because that he's going to grow you in Pretty, you. pretty much. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Don't even think it because he knows. He, I know. Just say, God, I, I'm thankful yeah. for today. This That's is the day you can mm-hmm. yes. but, but added to the lesson is if if all that happens, you then have the burden of, of a response to sure. all this. Right. And what I've been learning as you've been talking is you very much can choose purposefully that you're going to trust in that discipline and almost be inquisitive about it. Like what could be in there? I mean, Mm -hmm. you've mentioned things like, you know, it could humble me out to be able to see the big picture. And those are things that, you know, hopefully prayerfully, you know, as you've been saying, other people don't have to go through finding out they have cancer twice Mm -hmm. in order for them to start to think about these things. And therefore you'll have purpose. You'll have you, the God will be using you. Mm In many ways, inside your family, outside your family. Yeah, and I also hear, I mean, something that resonated with me, Tasha, as you were sharing this, you know, you can feel many different, people can respond many different ways to this. It's not going to change the fact that you have cancer. Exactly. I can get angry with God. That's not going to mean I don't have cancer. Right. I can, you know, get anxious and stay up all night long, and that's not going to change anything. I might as why not embrace the one that's trying to help you through this? Mm-hmm. Why not embrace the one that's trying to teach you something through this uh, instead Absolutely. of, you know, filling yourself with the anger and, 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 and turning against the person or the God. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. say, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who's saying, look, I'm here for you. Very good point. And, uh, so, mm-hmm. well, listen, Tasha, I want to thank you for being open and, and talking with us. And a lot of people, like, like Bob said, my family was very similar uh, I know Phyllis's family was very similar, you know, uh, you know, we don't talk about those things or difficult subjects. Therefore we don't talk about them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I'm, I'm sure God's going to use this, uh, conversation and other conversations to help other people, uh, to help, you know, give them strength, hope, and maybe direct them to Jesus. And so I appreciate your heart. I appreciate yeah. uh, you really taking the time to do this. That's the goal. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's great. I also want to echo Tracy's thanks to Tasha for her openness, her willingness to share her life, her walk, her struggles, and even a lot of her victories as she's been on this this journey 
um, that's new to her life, new to her family's life. I know for for some people, this could be an incredibly inspiring story of how faith can overcome all odds. And to others, Tasha may seem a complete lunatic. To others, she might it might seem like she has herself down, and that's good, and that's fine. But what about me and my circumstances, and what's going on in my life? And in no ways is an in-depth interview with one person going to cover all perspectives that one could possibly have on the subject of cancer, disease, chaos in the world, and our interaction with that, how it affects us, and where is God and all that. But the purpose of these podcasts and, and the hope behind getting real people to talk about their walks with God, talking the walk, is that we can walk away with at least one perspective and how Tasha uses the scriptures to guide some of her thinking. And that scripture in John twelve twenty seven, in which Jesus is saying, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Could I say that? Is that what he's trying to ask? And Jesus eventually identifies, no. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. We hope that you've enjoyed this interview. And if you want to interact with us more about different topics that we can be covering, please reach out to us either through our Facebook page, which is easy to find um, by searching Champagne Church of Christ, or even by reaching out via email through champagnechurch at gmail.com. We'll be back at you next week with more episodes, more interviews, more real people seeking that real God.